Yo, what's up, guys? Welcome back for Do the Work Wednesday. Appreciate you guys tuning in. And we got a, a very important show tonight. We're going to be talking about being accountable as a man. And I know for a lot of my life, I was not an accountable person. I was not someone people could rely on, and I was not someone I could rely on. So we're really going to dive in tonight on why it's, one, important to be accountable to yourself and to others, and then some ways to do it, and then kind of the benefits or blessings you get to receive from doing it. So, Joe, great to see you again, as always. As always, brother. Good to be here. So, yeah, kick us off, man. Like, what what does accountability mean to you, and why did you want to talk about this tonight? Because this was, was your show idea. Well, it's something I was thinking about. It was actually a conversation my son and I were having about a position he'd gotten himself in at work. Mm. And listening to the way he was saying it, his language was, he was trying to avoid taking responsibility for the situation he was in. Uh, okay. Parts of it are not his fault. But what I believe it led up to that was what he did and had done. So, but this is for anybody in any situation. The, the solution is rooted in accountability. Because the, the reason I say that is, is because as soon as you acknowledge there's something that needs attention and something that needs to be solved, you can begin working towards solving it and getting past it or getting through it and improving the situation. Am I right? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. As soon as I can say that this is something I cause, well, that immediately gives me the power to start thinking how to unfuck it or improve it or change the direction mm-hmm. and, and that goes with anything it's and some things in life are not your fault right like the way you were raised and the the self-concept you may have may be poor and we've talked about this in, in uh the video about trauma mm-hmm. that some of these behaviors were instilled in you as a child and there's nothing you could have done about that but What's going, what's going to improve? What's going to change the course? You remaining a victim and playing the, uh, the, playing the victim and feeling sorry for yourself or saying, taking accountability for where you are now and saying, okay, it's my job to fix this now. It's my responsibility. I'm accountable to make the difference. You understand? Oh, yeah. And, and I dropped a quote recently on my channel or on my Instagram, and it was uh, responsibility is the ability to respond. I know we talked about that before on, a, on another cast, and that really was powerful to me because it, it, it took the pressure away from being something that's like, oh, my God, I'm responsible. Holy crap. It's like, oh, OK, I can just choose to act a certain way. So why do you think, Joe, so many people struggle to like find that realization that, oh, okay, like I'm responsible for this. Like maybe your son kind of went through that period of like denial of like, yo, this isn't my thing, but coming to realize it was. Well, there's power in victimhood, isn't that? Don't you think? A I weird, mean, you could like, easily, yeah, you could yeah, easily no. just lay there and poor me. I didn't ask for this. Why me? That whole mentality. Uh-huh. Woe is me. Oh, this happened and this happened. Yeah, it happened. It did. And you've spent far longer than you should have identifying that part of the equation. All right. So, yeah, you got it nailed down. You're a victim. This happened. And 
and this goes for you know, and, and a lot of our trouble is are of our own making, mm-hmm. and that's people don't want to look at because in that take that means your ego is going to have to take a hit. That means you're going to have to deflate your ego and actually confront yourself and admit where you were at fault, where you were wrong, what you could have done better, and what you need to do better. And therein, that solution lies at work, and that's what people dodge. That's what people run from. There's a saying that people will do more to avoid pain than to gain pleasure. So you'll do you'll burn more energy and, and do more work trying to dance around uh, facing what's actually going to be, you know, the, the absolute right way out, a path to a solution. Mm-hmm. They'd rather avoid that pain than to gain the pleasure of what that benefit is on the other end. And it's usually not until you've suffered enough of anything that you, you're even going to make a move. Nobody, nobody changes in the bubble of comfort in this little warm, warm zone, right? You know, you need pressure from somewhere. You need pressure from some direction to uh, push you into improving the situation. Totally, totally, man. Gosh, I'm thinking of like a ton of situations that, that came up, right? I mean, dating is a great one, right? We're on the Men and Now channel. And dating is a huge part of, you know, leveling up and being a man. I think uh, everyone, you know, if dating, when dating's going well, you know, you're getting consistent dates. It's hard to be like, okay, maybe I have to make some changes to improve my game or my mindset or whatever. And as soon as stuff starts going, you know, south and not as well as it was, that's usually for me anyway, when I'm like, okay, maybe I have to look at some things. And we also talk about recovery too. I mean, gosh, if that's not a prime example, just, you know, hitting rock bottom as they call it, where life is just so bad. That's like, well, let's look at that as it applies to dating. When a relationship goes south, you get broken up with, what's the easiest thing to do is to, you know, withdraw into this little hole, into the dark place, Whine to all your friends, whine to a therapist, whine about how she did this and how she did that. Well, and this is why I say going back to an ex is at the sole discretion of the person who's been broken up with. And only they know the circumstances of the breakup and what they contributed to that. Now, because I've had comments on uh, some of my videos about, oh, what a simp and what this and X is an X for a reason. You know, the stereotypical responses you hear to some people who carry that belief, which is fine if you do. I don't care. But what if you were in that relationship, you showed up as one person and uh, you, you weren't holding up your end of the agreement? What if you got lazy? What if you were out of work and you weren't looking for a job and you on the couch all day? You play video games and you're not eating right. You're not going to the gym. You're not doing anything productive. What do you think is going to happen over time? That is going to directly contribute to that breakup. Mm-hmm. And so in some cases, a breakup is justified. In some cases, it's necessary. But that may just be the thing to snap you in the ass and have you actually look at what it is you contributed to that relationship. And I believe in that case, if uh, if you were to get back with the other person, with the dumper, I don't see a problem with that. And it's the power uh, lies in the being able to look at and take full accountability. Now, if you're in a relationship and things are going bad and you're doing everything you can and 
she's still a nagging bitch or you're not getting sex or, you know, <laughs> things aren't going well and you, it's a constant fight. It's still your fault. Because hmm. you're not doing what it takes to uh, terminate that situation, to leave her, to mm -hmm. end the relationship. So it's still your fault, no matter what. 100% accountability for your life. And this is part of uh, part of what I coach guys through is like, look, you're going to have to make a list. It's going to take you about an hour and a half or two hours. But I want you to sit down, pen and pad, and write down your faults. Like, just be brutally honest. Or you're lazy, or you're fat, or you're dumb, or you're out of shape. You know, or do you not give 100%? Do you procrastinate? Like all of these things, make a list, be honest, take full accountability for that. Then we can start going down that list and addressing things. And sometimes just acknowledging that that is a character defect or a flaw, you're able to overcome it. Some things need a lot of work. Other yeah. things can be just like, damn, I didn't even think about that. I'm fucking lazy. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not making money, bro, because I'm lazy and I don't do anything and I'm settling for this, you know, dead end job. Mm -hmm. Damn, I'm unhappy in this relationship. Well, yeah. man, I'm really take the abuse like a champ and I let her walk all over me and I don't say anything and I don't stand up for myself. Mm -hmm. So that's why I say the uh, the power and the solution lies in accountability. That's where it all starts. Just like, and you mentioned recovery. What's the first step? Admitted we were powerless over alcohol and our lives have become unmanageable. That's taking accountability right then and there. Mm -hmm. That's a one part of it. I mean, there's a lot more to do after that, but. Right. Yeah. The first thing you do. First thing you do. And I appreciate you bringing up the word defect, like defect of character. I think that's really powerful. And, you know, I think what's great about recovery is that it can be applied to everything it can be applied to business work relationships and not saying here that like yo you, you guys gotta get recovery groups like that's the secret uh, learning from them and, and taking some time to study i think can be a great asset because what those programs teach is is really recognizing okay where am i at fault really only looking at your side of things now it's easy to say okay i'm looking at um hanging out with billy over here and i can see all the things billy's doing wrong well, a big thing is that, okay, if someone's annoying you, it's usually because it's something within yourself that you do that is also annoying. Like, like I, that's what I, I've come to realize anyway. If I'm annoyed by someone, it's because I do the same thing. And that's always, that's been a, a huge, huge, powerful thing for accountability because now it's like, I can't give myself that grace to complain about the other person. I, I do it sometimes, and, but it always leads to suffering because- at the end of the day, I just got to look back at myself. Well, those things that annoy you about other people are things that you subconsciously despise yourself for. Mm -hmm. And you do it, you don't even realize it. But you know, you hate yourself for that. And that's what, it's just a mirror. You know, your triggers will tell you a lot about what you need to work on. Right. Absolutely triggers, man. And it's it's tough to, to start to face. I know I avoided it for a long time. I would always just say, okay, it's this person's fault, this person's fault, that person's fault, never my fault or never, okay, maybe this person is showing me something that I want to get better at. So I think, so that's a very powerful mindset shift too, is like, okay, yeah, maybe this person annoys the shit out of me. So with what Joe just said, like, and what we were talking about here, 
if that means that I do and I don't like that about myself, what if I started to work on that within me? And what I found too is when I do that, the thing that bothered me about the other person as I start to resolve it within, it's not annoying anymore. And it be, I almost like feel compassion or peace around it. Either that or you just don't even notice it. Doesn't even show up on your radar anymore. Yeah, totally. It's a non-factor. Totally. Yeah. So I'm actually doing, Joe, I'm doing a, a big four step tonight after this. Oh, yeah? Uh, and if you guys know that that's where you look at everything you did wrong it like throughout your life basically and then you share it with someone so right after so this is like the perfect segue into to that and i'm just going to tell this person all the you know kind of crappy things i did in my life that um have caused harm to, to other people and and to myself well, and you got to get them resentments out in the open then yeah totally uh so joe like what are some examples of yourself with when you've had to kind of look inwards and be like, okay, whoa, like I'm not liking what I'm, what I'm seeing. Um, my most profound moments were in breakups, but there's been glimpses. I'm see, cause I've been in recovery for years and you know, there's been, and that's mainly where I learned it. That's where the seed was planted in recovery. Because uh, part of the, there's a, a reading that I do. And as part of it is disregarding the other person entirely. Hmm. So that means you can only look at what you contributed, what you could have done differently. So over the years, it showed up in my life. Like um, I got, I lost my job, a really good job, six figure job. And it was over a bullshit safety violation. Mm. And, but at the root of it, had I done exactly what I was supposed to do, it wouldn't have happened. And it was real tough for me to swallow because there was two other people involved that suffered zero consequence. And uh, that's just the way it worked out. I caught the heat. I lost my job. And I hung, I, I was tempted to make a resentment out of it. I was tempted to just solely put the blame uh, on the other two people. My argument was, well, the one guy did it. And the other guy signed off on the same thing I did. Why aren't they losing their job? That's not fair. This is bullshit. You just don't, you know, and I come up with all these things. And I spent a little time feeling sorry for myself and Oh, me, why did this happen to me? And then I, at some point, the, the switch went off. I'm like, no, 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 motherfucker. <laughs> had you done what you were supposed to do, this wouldn't have happened. You could have prevented all of this. The fact is, you were tired. You got lazy. You didn't want to climb up to the top of that platform and put your eyes on the work the guy said he did. So, and you got caught. Hmm. And it was a big deal. Now you don't have a job. It's your fault. And even in relationships, mm -hmm. friendships, business, I, I employ this everywhere. When a job's not going right, I'm getting stressed and things aren't going my way. I stop mm. and I start rewinding the tape. I play it back. And as I incrementally replay the tape, you know, and in hindsight, everything's 2020. You can always connect the dots looking backwards. So I can piece together because what it does is it allows me to not stay in that everything's wrong mode. It puts mm -hmm. me, it automatically shifts the dynamic to, 
what are we going to do about it? How are we going to fix this? Like, what's the next step that has to be taken immediately? What's something I can do right now to change the outcome immediately? So I start looking back. Okay, here's what I should have done here. This is what I could have done here. And this would change this and this. So if you're brutally honest, you can look back and find the root cause. And it always goes back to (laughs) always. There's not once have I ever looked back and said, yep, that's totally this person's fault. I'm off the hook. So that's it. And if you take accountability for everything, you're going to be a lot more careful and a lot more diligent about the process moving forward. You learn and you make a mistake. You take the, take the hit, take the ego hit, take the financial hit, lose the, lose the girl, whatever it is. Now you have an opportunity to do it right the next time. If you keep making mistakes, you, you're fucking up. Like you're mm-hmm. not doing, you're doing it wrong and you're just not paying attention. Mm-hmm. But mistakes are part of the process. Mistakes are a huge component of success. And it's what you're able to do with those mistakes. Are you going to turn them into, uh, are you going to turn them into an educational experience and learn from it and mm-hmm. turn it into a positive? And that's a matter of perspective. Every situation you're in has an upside. And it's a lot easier to just boom, get hit in the face with all the downside and everything that's wrong with it. Sometimes you got to do a little digging to find the upside, but there always is, even if it doesn't outweigh what the negative was about the situation that is a silver lining in it somewhere. Totally. Always a blessing in disguise. Always. <laughs> and in the moment it might seem like the worst thing ever coming from experience. I'm like, how could this have happened? And then it's, I'd say like recently example, what my sponsor helped me see is that like, yo, like, look at, look at this. Like you had a situation, a relationship that, that stopped, uh, took full accountability and then got my ass to work double down on, on this YouTube stuff, double down on work. And she's like, the, my sponsor was like, so if, if that breakup wouldn't have happened, look at all the stuff that wouldn't have happened as well. Look at all the, you know, you're helping other people, you're adding value, you're getting yourself better and healthier. Like it's such a blessing. And fortunately, <laughs> fortunately we sometimes do have to just get punched in the nuts like 50 times to realize it. So for you, when did you learn that, okay, mistakes are okay. They're a good thing. They're not something to be ashamed about. And then why do you think so many people like are so afraid to make mistakes? Well, that's, that's a simple answer, but it's a little more complex in theory. It's just because they're in fear of being wrong or being a failure. Because I mean, a lot of times you attribute mistake, failure. I'm a failure. You automatically stamp the failure label on yourself by making these mistakes. Mm-hmm. Cause sometimes it's something that's blatantly obvious. Once you do it and you're like, Oh, shouldn't have done that. That was stupid. You gotta be really careful how you talk to yourself after you make mistakes and don't say oh, that okay. kind of shit, but it's huge. And it's, and it, it has a lot to do with upbringing uh, society, you know, uh, with, with a lot of people don't see from successful people as, all the work that led up to that, all the failures, all the little failures and mistakes, everybody experiences that. The people who go somewhere, who make it far, who succeed, whatever that looks like for them, are just able to endure those mistakes and flip them and turn it into a positive. 
and learn from it. Everybody fucks up. <laughs> Everybody makes mistakes. But it's the people who stay and grovel in it, who stay victims of those mistakes. They just keep piling up. They just pile them up one after the other. Then before you know it, the only thing you have going on about yourself in here is I'm a failure. So you're just full of doubt and shame constantly. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to, and it's fear, fear that I made this mistake. What if I make this mistake again? And what does that mean? Like, yeah, you're going to fucking make mistakes all the time. And now what I want to just, uh, differentiate is making mistakes and keeping on making the same mistake. That's, that's not okay. Mm -hmm. And so that's, up, and that's where it stems from with people who are afraid to face that and just to own up to shit. Now I know, yeah. and you, you, we talked about this breakup a little bit and you know, that's one of the things you were very good about saying, mm -hmm. yeah, I did this, I did this, I did this. That's important as it pertains to relationships. You got to know where you fucked up. Because if you don't, if you run from it and blame the other person, you're just going to keep revisiting that same relationship in another body over and over and over and over. And that's going to be the same thing that keeps coming back to you. And same with any mistakes you make. You will repeatedly make that mistake until you acknowledge, I made a mistake. Yeah. yeah. And it's almost a karmic thing too. Like if you don't, if you keep blaming someone else, like the universe doesn't <laughs> let you like feel peace. Like the best part about owning your mistakes and being accountable is you get to feel peace. You need to go to bed at night, just clean slate. It's um, like, oh man, it's like the best feeling. The and best look, I, I regularly talk to um, people more successful than I am in my field. Routinely do it. So, and I do it for a reason. And this is why it's important to build a circle of strong men around you. Like if you're interested in technology, make friends with somebody who's been in it for 20 years who runs a fucking company and they can tell you. In my case, uh, the guy that mentors me in contracting has been a contractor for 30 years. He's made all the mistakes. So when I tell him I made a mistake, it's like, yeah, yeah, I've done that. I remember yeah. when I did that and here's what I did. Mm. So simply by me calling this guy, having a conversation, admitting my mistakes, I get a fucking solution right there. I don't even have to wait and figure it out. Yeah. That's you know, and this is what I tell people about getting uh, coaching and direction from somebody who's been there. Uh -huh. So when a guy tells me, oh, uh, I felt it pulling away, so I started texting more and I started showing up more and uh, got smothered with attention and I got insecure. I'd say, yeah, I did that. And here's how I stopped. Here's what turned the tables on that. Here's what I did to not behave like that anymore. Hmm. So I've done all the labor. So you don't have to go do all the research and go through the bad experiences that I have gone through. I can tell you the answer. Mm -hmm. I do the same thing. I'm not telling anybody to do something I wouldn't do that I haven't done. You know what I mean? Totally, man. God, you can literally save years of your life by by doing just that, by getting into a group or coaching or asking just people who are further along on the journey than you uh, for some help. And it, that was something I could never do. I was too prideful to say, hey, I need some help. And as soon as I did, my life started exponentially getting better 
at a rate that I could not even imagine. Well, let me ask you this. Were you too prideful or would you, did you have a fear that someone would think less of you if you admitted to that and sought them for direction? It'd be, would they be like, what the fuck? Why did you do that? That was stupid. You know, mm. was that the fear or, I mean, or was it really pride or was that a contributor as well? Definitely both. The fear that, well, part of the fear was that I would have to get told that everything I was doing was incorrect <laughs> and that I'd have to, I would have to actually do the work to change. So there was, you know, and I think fear is like, I think pride is based around fear. I think that fear might be the base of pride uh, too. Because fear, like, is pretty much like the base of like any negative emotion. Yeah, um, fear is at the root of all fear. negative emotions. Right. So fear, yeah, totally fear that it meant I wasn't a good person or that I wasn't as good as I thought I was. And I look back and it's like it's hard to it's, it's say because it's just like silly. Um, a lot of people aren't that spot, so I, like I understand. And the more you can like chip away at that. So like just bit by bit, I found that eventually you get to a point where it's like. I'm, I'm, I'm relieved when I'm wrong. I'm like, thank God, because now I don't have to keep pounding my head against the freaking sand anymore and not getting the results I want. So we had a group called the Men of Now community last night, and we were just asking questions to each other. It was I don't know, about eight of us and really powerful. It was just like you said, it was like a men's mastermind. And we got to ask each other questions, um, give each other solutions, et cetera. And some of the guys helped me with a question I had asked around dating. And one of the, they said a few just simple sentences that have probably going to save me at least a month of my life now, because now I can see where what I was doing was creating the result, of course. So coming back to the accountability was it's not the girls. It's not, you know, where I'm at. It's nothing like that. It's my behavior on it. And now that I can take a step back from it and see it objectively, it's like, okay, I'm going to stop doing this. And. I'm going to get peace. And then when I go back into doing what I've been doing, it's going to be stronger. It's going to be better. I'm going to get better results. So yeah, dude, super powerful. And just, just ask for help. And there was fear before asking to, there was fear that, you know, I might be a pussy or whatever, you know, that kind of old programming. I played hockey and they were pretty, you know, <laughs> pretty ruthless on the, on the ice there. And I also ran cross country and that's was quite the opposite. But, um, yeah. So there, I think sports, you know, sports programming, like you said, has a big role to do with it. You know, our parents, how they treated us. If I ask my dad questions, shout out dad if you're watching this, but um, he wasn't like always thrilled to help me find the solution. <laughs> and so. Well, and you know, we, we say that about our parents and I've experienced that with, you know, uh, veterans at work and certain things. Sometimes people are scared to answer because they don't know the answer. So they'll put it back on you. Like, why the fuck you asked me that? You don't know the answer to that? Well, the truth is, they really don't know the answer either. <laughs> and I'll tell you another thing is, uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, when I worked in oil and gas, and you go through this rigorous training, and it's like 10 weeks of classroom training before you even step out. And some of it's unit specific, some of it's just general as it applies to a whole refinery operation but then you get on the unit and you do three months of uh, it's called breaking breaking in where now you've done all the 10 weeks of the classroom training now you go back to the books and you have to basically do the same thing on your own through over three months before you 100 qualified to be the, an operator and 
I remember about a year into the job, we had something to do outside. And it was very, very simple, basic. This is like week one shit. And I didn't know how to do it. And I wasn't about to ask somebody how to do it. it just wasn't happening. And but now, but they would ask me to do it, and I'm out there for like an hour. And they're like, What are you doing out there? I'm like, uh uh. It's fine somebody come out there and they're like, what the fuck's going on out here? What are you doing? I'm like, look, I don't know how to do this. And I'm thinking, he's going to say, what? That's the first thing you learn, you fucking idiot. And he's like, oh, okay. Well, here, let me show you. I mean, he showed me in like two minutes. I was like, oh, is that what it is? Man, that was simple. All because I was scared of what they were going to think if I didn't know that. And uh, that's... That's powerful. What is... Who's... Blocks decals. How do you hold yourself accountable as a female? Is that a woman? Mm, it may be. Blocks decals. Are you a woman? Are you a female? <laughs> I'm serious. I imagine yes. <laughs> as a female, yeah. Well, that's okay, Joe. You see, this is why I don't like asking these simple questions because the <laughs> answer's right there. Um. Yeah, it's uh, the same way. And, you know, and I've talked about this before, women are programmed differently. There's mm -hmm. a lot bigger consequence for a woman to be wrong and have to hold themselves accountable than there is for a man, just by the way we're wired. And I know I've talked about this in depth with you before about our what's wired in our DNA as males and females and the differences the way we approach things, we handle things, we solve things. It's, it's two different systems, two different operating systems. And for a woman to admit that she's wrong and had made a mistake, this is like hindbrain reptilian fucking programming. That, that's a dangerous thing to do is have to admit, admit that you were wrong and unfit because that meant certain death for a woman at a certain time and uh, civilization when in ancient times when we were cave people and we depended on the tribe to survive. And this is the same thing, the same place where, you know, men getting tested by the tribe comes from, you know, they had the new, you were going to go out there and be able to, you know, fight with the tribe. Or if you got in danger, you were going to stay as the collective and contribute to the tribe. Like for men, it was on a hunt. And if a saber tooth tiger showed up, was Cave Joe or Cave Joel going to take off running or stand and help fight this thing with spears and sticks? And because, you know, your powers are in your numbers. Right. And then in your numbers, there's strength in the numbers, but the numbers have to be strong. And everybody's got to be willing to go down. And so for, you know, back at the cave, where they're doing laundry and picking berries and shit, they're also <laughs> raising kids. And everything was done as a tribe. And if you're a woman and you made mistakes or you caused trouble or you were unfit and not whole and being able to pull your weight as a tribe, you got cast out from the tribe. And back then, being by yourself meant certain death. Yeah. Either you're going to get scooped up by another tribe or, you know, something was going to eat you. You were going to die. So yeah. there's a different kind of fear and a different response that comes from a woman having a realization that she's done something wrong or messed up. You don't believe me? Get in a relationship. 
or just look back on your life. Even my mother is like that. She will still dance around an apology. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I did this, but here's what you (laughs) did. And we see it as so easy. Like, yeah, all right, yeah, I fucked up. And not every man, but you, uh, and you'll notice it, it. And I noticed with my girl and she says, look, uh, it takes her a couple of days, first of all, to work up the courage. Then it's this long pitch before she says, you know, I was acting like this and I shouldn't have said that. And to me, it's like, yeah, I appreciate you saying that. You know, mm-hmm. Thank you for acknowledging that. And uh, let's not dig too deep into it. I think you realize what you did. You know, it's fine. We're not going to uh, marinate on it. You know, at this moment, it's gone. It's resolved, okay? Mm-hmm. Apology accepted or whatever. And for a woman, that's why they beat around the bush. Or they say they're sorry or I'm wrong in another way. It'll be a gesture. Huh. Like you come home and see she's in lingerie or, you know, that's, Ooh, I bought you something today. You know, she normally wouldn't do that. And <laughs> it kind of goes back to uh, who did a video regarding women getting only probation. Yeah. I mean, that's a thing that's fucked up and it's probably, if a guy had done it, it would have been a different consequence. But we ain't going to get it too much into that on this channel. I'll, I'll touch on that real quick. Um, yeah, that's okay. a video I made today. So Joe Rogan did a, a video on this woman that yeah stabbed her husband 108 times and then got probation for being on marijuana psychosis. So I had to do a reaction video on it because uh, on my channel, I talk about weed mostly. And uh, Joe Rogan said the exact same thing. Like if it was reversed, the roles were reversed. It would have been game over for that dude. He would have been, you know, sent to the chair. But, um, yeah, it's just a wild story. And uh, I'm very curious to see what comes out of it uh, down the line. So, yeah, Tony, good to see you. Thanks for uh, for commenting and, and watching that vid. It's Check it out, guys. And then check out, like, the full – obviously, Joe Roker talks about a lot of crazy stuff. But, uh, yeah, we will do a number to you. And um, let's just say accountability was, was not part of her game that day. And – you know, it's it just it's just crazy. It's the way you phrase that, Joe, made a lot of sense. And I really <clears throat> I love how you said at the end, just drop it. Right. You don't got to dig into it because I think and maybe this isn't the correct way to do it either. But when I like I want to find out exactly to the D, to the T why I'm wrong, like to the point where it's never an issue again. And it's like completely resolved, like spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically. But you, what you're saying is that when you're working with a woman, or maybe even your homies too. You know, just yeah, it's all good. Some guys have that. I find, especially when they're raised by women, mm. they deflect. Okay. And evade. Then, and this is why I tell I've made a video about this as well. Arguing is pointless because even if you're right, and you point out to her exactly where she was at fault. She's not going to be in a good mood about it. She's not going to say, you know what? You're right. And I'm glad we resolved that. I feel much better. She's going to hate you for it. She might say she was wrong. She's going to, yeah, you were right. I shouldn't have done it. She's going to resent you for it. That's going to build a resentment. And look, 
I'm not saying if that happens routinely in your relationship, that that's okay. Women don't get a pass, but it's, it's not the same. It's, there's really no point in trying to drive home to a woman that she was wrong. Now, obviously with, um, the psycho who stabbed her boyfriend 108 times and got probation. That's clearly a problem in our justice system. That woman should hang. And she won't. She's gotten probation. I mean, unless they reopen the case and find something else. Or at worst, she may get a civil suit. But I mean, how? what is she going to pay? I mean, she's apparently a pothead. So, yeah, that's just, look, there's injustices every day. And what the system wants, the powers that be, don't let me get too crazy here. Stop me if I put my tinfoil hat on for a second. Don't let me go too far away to Joe. The whole New World Order thing and what they've done is they just, they've created a war between the sexes, between the races, between the political affiliations, between religion. Everything's a war. Mm-hmm. Men and women are at war. Black and white. You know, uh, you know, that's why they always put on shit. Oh, Asian. Hey, for, what was it? A couple of months ago, it was Asian people getting attacked. Then it's the <laughs> Jews get attacked. Then yep. it's, there's, they constantly keep us at conflict. Yeah. And it's not a, it's not a human thing. It's, mm. that's by design. That's by design. And of course, they're going to put something that's inflammatory, like, oh shit, this chick just got probation. Get this out immediately. Like, mm. we need people to start going crazy about this. Okay. Because the further away they keep you apart and divided, and the easier it is to manipulate and control everything behind the scenes. If all people were on the same page and men and women, you know, loved each other and had their relationship built on their differences being complementary, mm-hmm. think about it. There would be very little conflict. You might have spats, you might have disagreements, but it wouldn't be this mass hatred. Uh, the whole world's population just hating each other. The happiest people who live on this planet don't have TVs, they don't have radios. They don't hear about all this shit. They're just busy eating and fucking. <laughs> That's it. Really simple. That's so funny, man. I mean, gosh, I mean, you're spot on there. Like, that's why I. They, they, they went to the Amazon to uh, look at this tribe that still hasn't really touched civilization. They stay among themselves. Mm-hmm. So, you know, of course, the leading expert nerd has to go out there and explore, like, why these people are so healthy. Their heart disease rate is, like, below 1%. Wow. Unreal. And these people have no doctors and nothing. They just live off the land. Mm-hmm. And they eat very simple diets. You know, it boils down to no conflict and no stress. They just want to have babies and make sure they got dinner for the night and clean water to drink and a house to shack up in case a jaguar comes roaming through. You know, <laughs> stuff like that. It's like real simple, real simple. And here we are consumed with who responded to us on Instagram and. You know, the guy who looked at you funny in the car next to you because you were tailgating him. And we consumed, we consumed with everything. All oh, women, women, modern women are this, and this one is that, and this guy is this, and this one's a simp, and this one's a uh, grifter, and this. 
it's chaos, <laughs> pure fucking chaos. And underneath it all, it's so basic. Huh. It's so fucking basic. So what do they do? They create this uh, turmoil, controlled chaos. And it's done on purpose, especially with elections. Shit's going to get even weirder over the next few months. Pay attention. Can you I don't watch the news, so I won't, but <laughs> I agree with you. It probably is going to get nuts. And dude, like the way you put that, I mean, that's crazy because one of the hardest things I've had to go through is been working on quitting television. So I've been on like a three and a half year quest to quit TV. And it's been the hardest thing. I think it's harder than any addiction I've ever quit because I grew up on it. And whenever I do quit, I, I usually go about a week or so maybe two weeks if I'm, if I'm really like focused, but life gets so simple. Just like you said, like all I care about is like, okay, am I dating anyone? Um, am I going to get good food, good, clean food? Can't go to the gym, et cetera. I don't care about anything else. And my brain goes like, dude, you can't, that, that's not right. That's too simple. That's too basic. That's too boring. You need, you need all this grandiosity and this like crazy drama going on. And it's like, dude, so thank you for that permission. Just be like, okay, actually, that's a good thing. <laughs> like, life is just like one, two, three. Yeah, and, and you're pretty young. So that, that's a part of maturing as well. Like, now I'm a fucking uh, drama repellent. <laughs> Don't bring that shit anywhere near me. Like, if anybody brings me drama, anybody, I'm like, nope, let's stop right now. I see where you're going with it. Either we're going to talk about how we can help or I'm going back to my day. Mm -hmm. I don't want to hear it. Like I'll listen at first, but because you know, a lot of people don't want help. They just want somebody to validate their poor decisions. And I, even my clients, I tell them that they start getting okay. too far. I give them 15 minutes in the very beginning to say, spill everything. Tell me everything. You know, start from day fucking one. What happened? Blah, 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 blah. I cheated this and cheated that. And I did this and I bought her flowers and she still went and did this. And, I cheated. <laughs> yeah. and I'm listening. I genuinely am. Yeah. 15 minutes come up. I say, all right, 15 minutes is up. Let's talk about what we're going to do about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Remember at a gym. How's your diet? How are you sleeping? Do you do drugs or drink alcohol? You know, what do you do that can that you inject into your life? purposefully daily that's constructive and positive you know we start having those conversations and some people just like whoa wait a minute i gotta do work to get better wait you, i mean i actually got to do something with myself like yeah now it's time to get to work mm -hmm. you know we, we barely scratch the surface dude it's gonna get ugly before it gets better yeah. and i lose a lot of people right there because i'm not going to be there to justify your poor your poor choices or um enable you to keep making them not under my watch yeah <laughs> i'm impressed you get 15 minutes man that's it's very generous <laughs> i think <laughs> well look i'm not a the type of asshole person to invalidate what people are feeling <laughs> and going through at the moment because lord knows i've had my venting sessions with people like my sponsor mm -hmm. he yeah. Shit. yeah but he, we don't stay in it but he also knows and he's learned about me over two and something years is I'm telling him that to inform him of what the layout looks like. So we can work toward the next thing to do to uh, correct. Totally. 
I'm I, yeah, and I'm right there with you, man. Like <laughs> definitely, like yeah. If anyone out there is like in the, the field of helping, you definitely want to like be a good listener and really give that person that support. So yeah, with you there, 100. And then by default, it's just like, okay, what are we going to do about it? Like, what's the solution? And I think you know it is a little bit different too when you're working with a man versus a woman. I think that's something I've learned with like the female clients I've coached. Like it's really really about they get the most out of it when I'm just like, I hear you. Like I hear what you're going through. No solution, no nothing. Just I hear you. And then they usually come to the result, the resolution on their own. They're just like, well, it's really know. important that you mentioned that. And that's a great uh, observation is that how do women solve their problems? Women solve shit by talking about it, by emoting. That's how they process. We solve problems by doing like we make a plan of action boom and we start attacking bam, bam, bam. this is why sometimes breakups get so fucked up because the lady's saying no and he's like wait i can fix it just let me fix it <laughs> i'm explaining to you why logically your emotions are not in favor with me i can explain and that's not the case so when a woman comes to you to to emote She's usually processing something. This is why women talk so much. Women talk constantly. Mm-hmm. And uh, part of that is, and part of being in a relationship is, or anything successful, business, friendships, socially, uh, especially in romance, is being an empathetic listener, listening to understand, not listening to answer, mm-hmm. listening to truly understand the other person's position. That's It's a very, very powerful tool and a very important practice for success in any area is that you can listen simply to gather a better understanding of where that person is. A lot of times women just need to get it out. And that's how they process the shit as it's coming out. They talk about it and uh, because they talk about how they feel in the moment and how they felt when Janice stole her yogurt. And Janice. (laughs) So... (laughs) <laughs> they need to talk about that shit. And that's, I like how you said that. So I just listen. Just listen. That's important. Yeah. And if you ever watch two, like two women, just like out for coffee, sometimes they won't even be talking. They'll just be like sitting there with each other. And it's because they just want that feminine validation in return. I, I think in anyway. a coffee shop you've been in, everyone else see, they <laughs> all talking at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> You see it once in a while, they'll just be like walking on the street. They're just like, just, just complete silence. They're not like, yeah. they're just like together. Right? I'm suspicious of those women. They're up to something. Oh, okay. Okay, fair, fair, fair. And, uh, oh, I'm man. Like, okay. <laughs> um, those are the those are the calm ones for sure. And with listening to, like, yeah, any relationship, that's so key. I've lost a lot of probably good relationships because I wasn't able to listen or empathize or really hear to, to have them be heard. And uh, my best friends in high school just did not have that skill. And I think now we could have had a great, like a much better relationship had I known that skill. So it was a lesson and I, and I owned it and I don't, I don't do that anymore. Well, think about it. How annoying is it when you speak to someone and they automatically giving you a, a solution? Like, well, I wasn't asking for your fucking opinion. Like, what are you telling me? Why do you keep answering me when I tell you something? <laughs> it's annoying. And it just, what it does to me is it 
signals to me you weren't listening to anything I said. Mm-hmm. You just waiting to feed your ego and tell me that you know better than I do. Oh, man. You know, that's typically the outcome of people like that. But that's what they do. That's their that's their strategy. And yeah, those people, it's tough to like it's you can't really I don't know if you for anyone watching, if you've had conversations with people like that, you can't really like you don't really have a conversation. It's like isn't there's like there's not that like you're coming together. It's almost like there's always that like power dynamic at play. I call them one uppers. One uppers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, dude. Freaking gold. Gold, dude. Yeah. And uh yeah, I just gotta I guess live in love. Yeah. It's like, how's your day? Good. Okay, why is your day good? Let's figure this out. It's like, bro, <laughs> just have a good day. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, man. Uh, let's see. Let's see. We got Chris uh, Bruni say, liked on entry. Oh, thank you, Chris. I, I put an announcement in the chat to like when you come in. So hit the like. Smash that like. Yo, smash that like. We need to get those likes up. That helps the algorithm, guys. It's really easy to just hit the like button when you come in. And it helps the algorithm grow, gives the channel exposure, and we get our message out to more and more people. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, guys. So, God, this has been a freaking great talk, man. <laughs> like, holy shit. Uh, this is definitely one worth listening back to for sure. And guys, you know, guys from coming from Sobriety University too, uh, I do want to mention, you know, Joe, you know, the good transition, Joe has coaching. And Joe is also in recovery. So this is my plug for you, Joe, that, hey, guys, if, you know, sometimes you come to me and I'm, I'm a bit younger. So I think at times it can maybe be hard to, to relate to me and what I'm going through or, you know, trusting them and have the wisdom to guide you. So if you are one of those people, definitely hit up Joe, guys. Like he'll be able to give you that, that mature, experienced wisdom that as much as I'd love to give you, for a lot of it, I just don't have in life yet because I'm still young. So definitely, uh, Joe, you have your own coaching as well and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, where can people find you for, for that and, and to be able to get in touch with you? Do you want me to type it in or are you going to plug it in the chat? Yeah, yeah, type it in for sure. Throw in the comments. You or me? Uh, go ahead. You, you do it. All right. Here is... And guys, like, you know, there's nothing wrong, too, with getting multiple coaches. I have coaches for, like, like yeah, multiple things, basically. Um, one of them is a woman because she's a lot older and I can get some good wisdom from her. Um, other guys are younger. Other guys are, like, in their 40s. You know, I learned a lot from Joe. So definitely kind of what we talked about earlier in the stream is asking for help can be very powerful. And you never know who, you know, will could change your life by just a few a few hours, a few sentences even. And I know when I coach people, I always learn from them too, because it's, you know, everyone's a teacher here. So yes, there's, there's a link there to, to connect with Joe. That's on Instagram, hit him up on a DM. And then yeah, Instagram at Prob Masculine here on YouTube, Prob Masculine, uh, my website, probmasculine.com. You can schedule through my website and look, it's uh where did the other, why did another one come through? I'll put two. Got the first one. Got the at. I see it on YouTube. I don't see it on StreamYard comments. Oh, but anyway, okay. it, it's up there. Yeah, just call and, and uh, it's not just relating. Most of my clients come because of a breakup. Mm. That's where the 
the uh, meat of my clients are. And because they're recovering from a breakup, they're just broken up. Like they need direction. They need something. They need answers quickly. It's not just for that. It's working with me has is centered on uh, improving, optimizing your life, not just waiting for something to go wrong. Be proactive with your life. You know, don't wait till the shit gets bad enough to where you have to fix it. You can start doing work now to prevent you from getting some of them crashes. There's a lot of things you can do. And it's going to take work and it takes time. And look, just like Joel said, I have people that I pay that I rely on in many different areas of my life. When this, this mentor I have for contracting, when I have him come out and look at something to offer me some guidance, he gets a cut of that job. He gets 1% of that job. So I pay him every time I need him to come out and put eyes on something. I have a life coach slash therapist that I work with. This guy's super organized. And this is, I lean on him for organization and other thing, other, you know, uh, things going on in life that he helps me with. I have somebody I paid for hypnosis to get that done, to do this subconscious work, to work on that trauma, you know? Every area of my life, I have somebody who mentors me in. Yeah. And that's that's part. And you look at the most successful people in the world have all had mentors, all of them. Like you look at Anthony Robbins. He had the guy who Jim Rohn, is it? Not sure. Mentoring him. You know, look at all these people that you go over, these uber successful people. Who is it that started off? I think it was Mark Cuban, maybe? No, no. The way Warren Buffett started, mm. the richest man on the planet, you know, nobody needs to do this by themselves. Only a fool is his own coach. Now, what I do is equip you with the tools to make those corrections on the fly and to be able to coach yourself through certain situations as you come to them. But I still to this day use people still do like somebody for social media. You're my social media mentor. Right. <laughs> yes, sir. You're my yes, guy. Sir. Because I'm not well-versed and you're a genius at this stuff. Why would I suffer through, why would I take the time to learn this thoroughly? And why don't I just pay you? Because you're good <laughs> at it. And I can take that time that you doing the social media stuff. I can go make money. Right? Yeah. Totally. It's that simple. And you do an awesome job. And along the way, I pick up little things. You show me how to paste a link and, you know, how to do all these little bitty things that I have no idea about. So I'm learning as I go. And then you're benefiting. I'm benefiting. Everybody benefits. Rather than me being selfish and cheap, hanging on to that money just because I, I can figure it out. I can do it. I can. Yeah. It would cost. The shit will never get done. That's what happens. So... Yeah, your most your biggest investment is in yourself. And I know that sounds cliche, but cliches are cliches for a reason. Mm. Oh, the biggest, that's, that's the biggest investment is in yourself. Invest in yourself. Like I've had people try to nickel and dime with me and tassel about, hey, can you not they would tell me this whole story? I went out, they did it. I'm like, so you can go spend $250, 300 on a night out. But you want me to cut my price? Like, what do you really want then? Are you really interested in helping yourself? You wouldn't sacrifice two nights out, three nights out, three out uh, going out to dinner for three nights to reinvest in yourself. Mm -hmm. So 
you can effortlessly in a year from now make that money and go out to you as many times as you want. Yeah. Like it doesn't make any sense. Right. Oh, do it, man. Do it, man. And, and you know, what Joe said too, what you said, Joe, is that, you know, you get help from other, from other people, right? It's Absolutely. practice what you preach. And the best sign of a mentor is a person that's willing to also ask for help because it means that, Hey, you know, maybe sometimes the coach can't help you. They don't, they don't know the answer, but I guarantee you if it's a good coach, they'll go ask their mentor on how they can help solve that problem. Absolutely. Great point. Great point. It's uh, like, yeah, I'm always learning like how to be better at coaching as well and how to be able to help and serve people better and get training or whatever it may be. So, you know, and who knows, you know, maybe, maybe you come for, for coaching and one day you, you it inspires you to get, to become a coach one day and to be able to give at the highest level you can. And it's just, you know, who knows where life will take you. And it, and it starts by the simple coming back, taking accountability for where you are, um, taking accountability for what you need to work on and what you need to change, and then taking that action to do it. And man, just like, just like you said, brother, it's, you will be, you could be blown away by where you end up in a year from now all from that simple decision to just to get out there and ask for help. My first dating coach, I paid $3,500 to and opened a credit card actually, which is not a good idea, but because uh, I, because I, how much did you learn from it though? It, I wouldn't be talking to you if I wouldn't have done it there because literally he, at the end of our coaching, um, he told me that like, he has a YouTube channel with over like a million subs. And I'm just like, man, how do you make a YouTube channel? Like, how do you earn money from it, et cetera? And I was hoping he was going to tell me like, yo, dude, you got to make four videos a day and you got to you know, quit your job and give it all. <laughs> I'm just like, and he's like, oh yeah, just make three videos a week for the next year and a half and you'll be, you'll have a full-time job. I was like, damn, <laughs> that's pretty easy. <laughs> so if it wasn't for that guy, we wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be talking to you guys. We wouldn't be talking to Joe. We wouldn't have, have this podcast. So again, you never, never, never know uh, what, what might come from that so we're going to give a big as we as we wrap up here we're going to give a big shout out to to our homie here third day of quitting we man that's awesome congratulations you know that you know that first day can be sometimes the hardest and you've been smoking for most of your life that's mm, that, that's powerful dude so you know get through these withdrawals you're going through it right but your mindset's there your mindset you know that this is the way out and you're going to endure it and you're going to look back and it's going to be nothing will be as hard or at least very few things will be as hard as what you're going through right now. So get through it, brother. Like we believe in you. We're here for you. Reach out if you if you need some extra like boost support. Um, just throw a what's up on IG or whatever and happy to you know give you some encouragement. Joe, any, any thoughts on that? I know you've been through some crazy withdrawals. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Look, I, I can't tell you. You know, I hear, I see these in meetings, I see the stories, and um, I hear the shares, I hear people's stories that come in 24 hours, three days, and it's like, this is what I tell them, you're the most important person here tonight, hmm. and I'm, I'm going to offer after you, I don't know your name, MNTL, um, it's so important that somebody like me and somebody like Joel has people remind us that that was the start. So what you're going through is normal. What you did to yourself didn't happen overnight. You said you're 55. It took 55 years to put yourself chemically in a position you're in now. It's going to take a little time to even up. And 
so when you when you're talking to yourself and the story you're telling, just remind yourself it's a temporary discomfort for a long-term improvement. Discomfort. It's not painful. It's not life-threatening. And I'm not trying to minimize it because I know it fucking sucks. But like I said, people will do more to avoid pain than to gain pleasure. Go through it. Fucking sit in it. Let it fucking be just let it be uncomfortable. Let it like let it suck. So it's and it's gonna take a little time for you to chemically to rebalance and yeah, insomnia. Fuck. That is the worst. I understand. But dude, in two weeks, you're gonna feel amazing. And then the, so like this is what the beginning looks like. You everything has a consequence. Everything we do has a consequence somewhere. Good or bad, there's an uh, there's a consequence for every action we take. So now you're just paying the price a little bit. That's just part of the process. And we're here for you. And I can't tell you, and I saw him say this lightly, every day sober for anybody who struggles with addiction, who suffers from the disease of addiction, is a miracle. And I say that from my heart. It's a fucking miracle. Because I know how hard it is to get and stay sober. So Keep this in your back pocket for when you're sober five years and you think oh, it might not be a big deal if I go smoke a bowl or, you know, this chick's hot as fuck. She just pulled a bong out. We had her place. You know, we smashing. I'm going to go ahead and hit this just to ease the process along. So I don't want to make her feel awkward. Anything. Oh, we had a, we in a crowd of people and everybody's kind of smoking. I better smoke. No, keep this insomnia and discomfort and mental anguish in your back pocket. So you never forget what that's like having to start over, but you're doing the right thing and you're doing it right. A little bit of discomforts to be expected, but it's temporary. It'll be over before you know it. Just hang in there. Keep coming in every week. Give us a checkup. Let us, let us know how you're doing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Well, so well said, Joe, this, you know, every consequence has a, has a, everything, every action has a consequence. The smoking up to this point has led to this consequence, but, what you're doing now is going to yield a positive consequence. So that's what the, the beautiful part about changing your life, doing the work is that you start to get to have those good consequences. I was always in negative consequences and it was, it sucked. Like I could not get out of a negative consequence. Well, here's the thing about, you know, addicts and alcoholics too. We're so used to that instant change. Like we could easily escape a bad day, uh -huh. snort something, smoke something, drink something. It was over with like that. We're not used to having to actually invest in time and work and effort to get the result. It's a lagging effect. It's a delayed effect. But the work first, reward later. Work first, reward later. And that's something we did that I struggled with in the beginning. And I think a lot of addicts and alcoholics, I ain't going to fucking sugarcoat it. Every person with addiction suffers from that. They, they, they want to feel better instantly. They want results yesterday. But it's not how it works in reality. And anything quality is going to take a little bit of time. And you're going to feel a little bit of pain. That's just the truth. So keep it up, brother. Yeah. Amen, brother. Amen. So, yes, guys, dude, thank you, everyone, for coming in tonight. This was a fantastic talk and appreciate everyone, you know, being a part of it. And, you know, this is one of my favorite talks we've had to date, Joe. So we went really deep and covered a lot of really important things. <clears throat> so anything you want to, you know, last, last words from yourself before we call it a night here? I don't think so. Make sure you hit the like. Yes, hit the like. We'll talk to you guys in the next one.
and uh, have a good night. Peace.